Welcome to the HCC Podcast. Our mission is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for others as the highest goal of humanity. May the following message nurture that love in your life. And remember, you're always welcome at HCC. It's a perfect church for less than perfect people. Peace. Let's pray and ask God to bless this time of hearing today. God of justice, peace, and righteousness, alert us to your presence right now. Breathe your breath, your spirit of prophecy, your energy, your enlivening, your imagination on us. Wake us up that we might live. Open our eyes that we might see. Unplug our ears that we might hear. Unlock our minds that we might know your will. Free us from the sinfulness that we might follow your ways, the ways of your extraordinary eternal kingdom right here, right now. Amen and amen. Uh, what time is it? 8.48. Oh, let's try that again. I caught you a little off guard there. Come on. Hey, what time is it? Because we're Romans 8.28 people. And it's true. That's the reality. If you really start living like this, if you really start stepping up and stop assuming Romans 8.28 and start asserting Romans 8.28, you will stand out in this world like a black crow in snow. You will be a contrast person. You will be living here like you're from there if you know what I mean. It will be like you're living in this world, but not of this world. When you start living and talking and expressing yourself on social media, as Romans 8.28 people, it can only be good. Why? Because we believe that that's truth. We believe that God is working all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. This sermon that I'm preaching right now is basically a prelude to the Kingdom of God series that I'm going to be starting February uh, 7th. Now, one thing I'm really excited about is next week, we have a minister that's going to be sharing next week from this congregation that you've never heard from before. In fact, he was a young man who grew up in this church, fell into incredible hard times, not because his family was in difficult times, but that he chose a pathway that was very, very destructive. And now that person will come back after many years, stand here before you, thank you for your prayers when he was a middle school student and a high school student and a young adult. God has saved, redeemed, and restored Brian Parks and his life. And I want God to get all the glory. And he, after finishing seminary and becoming a minister, is going to come back next week and share a story that's going to inspire you to never, ever give up. Never, ever give up on a child, a family member, a friend. 
Brian's testimony will inspire you for that very thing. So the kingdom of God, we're going to start February 7th next week. Very inspirational sermon from Brian. The here that I'm talking about, when I talk about we were living here like we're from there, the here that I'm talking about is living as an apprentice of Jesus. An apprentice of Jesus, that's an odd term. 2021 is going to be a time, a season, when you are going to become acquainted with this notion of apprenticing Jesus. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. If you're looking at the church app and you have the opportunity in your Bible application to copy that to highlight the word follows, do so. If you have a paper Bible, highlight, underline the word follows. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it, it's one thing to listen, it's another thing to follow. Very different. How many of you have had kids that you've parented and you, they've listened but haven't followed? Yes, I'm getting all kinds of chuckles. Yes, because you know that's real. It's a reality that I often talked and talked and talked and told and talked, and I got no action. How much like our Heavenly Father is, is, are we to that? We have to be very careful. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to His disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, underline, highlight, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Underline, highlight, follow me. This word follow in the original language of the Bible, uh, which is Greek, by the way. The Bible wasn't written in English originally. It was written in Greek. And, it, and the, this word for follow comes from the Greek root word poieo, poieo which translates into the notion of following someone in a way that forms you into that person. How many of you have heard or said to other people, you know, you're looking at a father, you're looking at a son, you say, oh, that boy, you're a chip off your old, the old block because you look like, act like, you know, talk like that older guy who was your father, your mentor, so to speak, the one whom, even if you didn't want to, you ended up following. How many of you love those, those uh, commercials now, trying to help you not be your parents? Yes. We just become our parents quite naturally because we're watching, we're living with them, we're being with them, we just end up following them. This word, porieo, is all about following in order to become that person. So he means for you to follow him, but follow him with your life. This following places strong emphasis on doing the work required in order to be made into something. This is a very different way of following. Biblical following is a very different way of following from social media following. How easy is it to follow somebody on social media? Click. You, you touch a button. It says, follow. Ooh, I'm following. All, all of a sudden, we're following, and we get all these updates. And then, you know, 
That has nothing to do with the following Jesus is talking about right here. This is a very different way of following. It means following in order to become that person, to become just like that person. So if you're following Jesus like you follow someone on social media, you are not following If you follow Jesus like you follow someone on social media, you are not following. So it's easy enough to subscribe to the church YouTube channel. It's easy enough to follow someone on Facebook and or on Instagram. You can follow Jesus on social media, but that has nothing to do with the biblical sense of following Jesus. Following Jesus in a biblical sense is more like following someone to be a Marine. Do you think things would change if all of a sudden next week you followed someone into the process of becoming a Marine? I think you would wake up really quickly and realize that you are following with very serious intent. Because what is a Marine going, a Marine program to help you begin following like a Marine? It's going to unmake you. It's going to strip you down, unmake you. You are going to have to give up your own way to follow the way of the Marines. How many, how many of you are in the military? Right here, okay, a dozen or more people in the military. And when you showed up to join the military, you said, listen, I'd like to be a Marine or I'd like to be in the Army or in the Air Force. And, but seriously, I don't really want, I want to do it my own way. Okay. My, check it out with my wife. She and her friend after college literally went to a recruiter's office, sat down in the recruiter's office with their dress and high heels on and pearls and said, we want to join the, the Air Force and we want to stay together <laughs> and we want a room together and And they started explaining what they were expecting out of this process. And the recruiter literally leaned back in his chair and did like this. You know, I don't think this is for you. (laughs) And they both looked at each other and went, it's not? Really? (laughs) Yeah, when you follow someone into a serious commitment, it means you are giving up your own way. How many of you got married and woke up two weeks later thinking, what is going on? <laughs> thank you. You're not on camera back there, you and the, you're not on thank you, you're safe. <laughs> Your spouse is not here so they can't see you. Yes, I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You wake up and you're like, what happened? I was the boss of me two weeks ago, now I'm not the boss of me. Because you went into a serious commitment. This is the kind of following that Jesus is talking about. Listen to James chapter 1, verse 22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do. That word do is, is follow. You must do what it says. You must follow what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. Interestingly, the Greek word here for do is poietes, poietes, poieo, poietes, all from the same Greek word to follow. So to follow is to do. 
To say you follow Jesus and not do the work that makes you like Jesus is not following at all. No wonder Jesus said on a couple occasions, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and I will say to them, I never knew you. But Lord, we did all of these things, and he will say, I never knew you. There are simply very few, truly very few, who really are interested in putting in the work. Many people like to ride religious coattails. They hitch themselves to a religious wagon, whether it be Methodist, Catholic, Baptist, Episcopalian, Pentecostal, hook myself to that wagon and somehow they'll pull me into heaven. This is not the way that works. Jesus is calling each individual, you follow me, you follow me, you follow me. He even said to uh, Peter and John when they were walking, and he was telling Peter how he was going to die in John tw- uh, 21. And then J- John uh, telling Peter, and John said, well, what about me? And Jesus turned around and said, what's that to you? I'm talking to Peter. You, you follow me. What he was telling Peter had nothing to do with what he was going to tell John. He's telling you, you follow me. Apprenticing Jesus is work. It's following. It's engagement. It is a serious commitment. It is no mere attachment to religion. My mom was a Baptist, so I'm a Baptist. I guess that makes me a Christian. Following Jesus is the outworking of your commitment to Christ. You've got to understand that today that I am not trying to bust on anyone. I'm not trying to be heavy-handed or hard. I'm trying to simply be real. You will never realize the life that God has for you unless you step up and begin to follow Jesus in the way that he has called you to follow him. And that is not passively, that is actively. And this is not about judgment and condemnation. This is about being able to enter into the kingdom of God and experience the abundant life that Jesus is offering you. It's it's living to the fullest in the kingdom of God. We think we're going to take the bull by the horns. We're going to live by the fullest. And usually what that means for us is the American dream of getting all we can and canning all we get. The American dream of having all the comfort and convenience of our, quote, lifestyle. Jesus is calling to give up our pursuit of happiness and follow him into whatever it takes to be like Jesus. That our happiness is being like Him, even if it means enduring discomfort and pain. The Holy Spirit is the comforter, but more so He seems to be the discomforter. To to discomfort us into a position where we are willing to step up and engage and go to that following, that biblical sense of following that He's calling us to. It's going to take people who are really following Jesus to make it through all the coming trouble. And I need to say to you prophetically, there is trouble coming. The Bible teaches us that this world will grow more and more hostile to those who follow Jesus as it rolls on. The kingdom of God will still continue to advance, but it will be the world growing in hostility to the kingdom of God as it advances in you. Therefore, we're all going to need to toughen up 
and follow Jesus, to apprentice Jesus. If you want to actually follow Jesus, then you'll actually need to do the work of following Jesus. Now, serious, don't, don't get me wrong. You cannot earn your child of God's status. You can't earn it. You become a Christian by grace, not effort. You can't earn God's grace with effort, but you do grow in God's grace with effort. It's one thing to be given the gift of salvation through grace. It's another thing to be given the gift of growth through grace. That growth requires effort. We become like Christ by the effort of opening ourselves to God's grace growing in us into Christ's likeness. You can't grow without effort. What do they used to tell us in uh, you know, our workout routines and gyms and exercise? No pain, no gain. Well, in that way, we, we put in the effort to open ourselves to being for God's grace to transform us into the person of Jesus that he's calling us to be. This is where the abundant life is. This is what it means to follow Jesus. Would you notice how, P, how Jesus called people to follow him? Look at the gospel. Survey the gospels. It was often accompanied by a call to effort. Listen to some of these, and this is just a few. Get up and follow me. Did you hear that? Get up and follow me. Don't sit there and follow me. Get up and follow me. Leave your nets and follow me. Sell everything you have and follow me. Let the dead bury the dead and follow me. Take up your cross, giving up your own way, and follow me. This is no passive invitation. This is a commitment to action. God's grace to grow you works with your effort to be grown. Say that again. God's grace to grow you works with your effort to be grown. It's a partnership. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13 is the clearest example of this. He says, work hard to show the results of your salvation, but God is working in you. 12, work hard. Verse 13, but God is working in you to give you the power and the desire to do everything that pleases him. He's saying, yes, put in the effort. No, you don't grow yourself. God grows you because God is actually in you, inspiring the effort. If you right now are feeling a bit of inspiration, I want to change. I want things to be different. I don't want to continue being the same person I've always been. I want to embark on following Jesus. If that's you, if you're feeling a sense of that right now, that is God working in you to give you the desire and the power to do everything that pleases him. Check out these passages. Matthew 28, 20. Teach these new disciples to obey, that's effort, to obey all the commands I have given you. What is apprenticeship? Apprenticeship is teaching new apprentices to obey all of the commands Jesus had given. To be a disciple of Jesus is to obey the way of Jesus. Listen to John chapter 12, verse 26. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me. Again, puyeo, 
follow, to do, to act, to express effort, to get up and follow him. Because my servants must be where I am. I love that. To be an apprentice of Jesus, we need to be where Jesus is. We have to be very interested to stop going our own way and consider what way Jesus would like us to go. Did you know that throughout the entire New Testament, they called Christianity, because until 125 AD, there was no Christianity, but before that, all the time since Jesus' death, 125 years since Jesus' death, they said, are you a part of the way? It's the way of Jesus. That means that we, in fact, have a way to live, a way to think, a way to behave, a way to understand. I love the idea of Jesus saying, if you want to, be, you want to follow me, you have to be with me. We must be with Jesus to be like Jesus. We must be with Jesus to be like Jesus. My son Eli is uh, 21 right now, and Eli just graduated from college, and he's getting married uh, in the spring. So what that means is he's getting ready to wake up and have someone else be the boss of him (laughs) one of these days soon. He doesn't understand that yet, but he will. And uh, there was a time in Elijah's life where he told me that he wanted to be a ninja, Here's a picture of him wanting to be a ninja. This is Elijah wanting to be a ninja. And he had great interest in being a ninja. He would daily wake up and shed his sleeping clothes to get into his ninja clothes. And he would run around the house and uh, pretend to be a ninja. Did that make him a ninja? I see him move as a 21-year-old. He doesn't look much like a ninja moves. (laughs) He doesn't appear to have that quality or capacity. So I'm not sure this, this this, this interest ever really worked out. Just because you sign up to be a ninja, dress up in ninja clothes, and even show up at ninja groupie events, doesn't mean you're a ninja until you actually put in the work to actually become a ninja. Wannabe ninjas know right away they're posing when they meet the real thing. It should be the same for Christians. Just because you sign up to be a Christian, just because you dress up to look like a Christian, and just because you show up at weekly Christian groupie meetings doesn't mean you're a Christian until you put in the work to actually become like Christ. To be a wannabe, a poser Christian, to be a pretend Christian, is to show up in front of Jesus with the name, but not the life. It's to show up in front of Jesus and Him say, I never knew you. You took the title, but you never did any of the work. You never never got up. You never got up to follow me. I said, get up to follow me, and you stayed right where you were. You never moved. Many call him Lord, but few follow. 
The traditional word for becoming like Christ is discipleship. That word is lost on so many contemporary people in our day. Becoming a disciple sounds more like joining a cult, doesn't it? It sounds like joining one of those 70s Hare Krishna cults or yogi cults or something like that. You know, we become a disciple of so-and-so. A better word for our current generation is the word apprentice. Apprenticing Jesus makes intuitive sense in our current culture today. In the trade industry and in the IT industry, there's all kinds of apprenticeships that are going on. Sometimes they're called internships. And let me illustrate this notion of apprenticeship with a real-time example. What I did is I asked uh, a master electrician to join me on a Zoom with a novice or what I would call a brand new apprenticing electrician. And I asked them, because the reality is that I had actually done this myself, it was a failed endeavor, and I explained that, but these two people are showing what it means to be a master and what it means to be an apprentice. Take a look for the next several minutes. And I'm really happy to have uh, Marvin Farmer and Phil Hoover with us to do this little illustration. And let me tell you where this illustration came from. I, when I was working my way through college, I found a job with the electrical union in the, in the Lansdowne area. It's called IBEW, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, number local 24. You know, and so when I was a, a young man working my way through college, every time I came home from the summer, I went down to the union and I signed up and they put me with a master electrician that I was going to go hang out with. And, and supposedly I was going to learn from that master electrician how to become an electrician. Here's the problem. The problem was that that master electrician likely wanted to share all that knowledge and all that skill with me. But believe you me, he got the wrong apprentice. That master electrician got a, a, uh, a bum apprentice. Uh, he, he got a dud of an apprentice because I was only interested in drawing a little paycheck and getting a little money together before I went back to school and saw my girlfriend, who was Ladon, of course. Anyway, you know, and I, I, was, I was just doing that whole thing just to make a little bit of money. So therefore, that apprenticeship never really worked. I was just in it to get a little bit of my end, and I didn't really care about the big picture. So I've brought uh, two people that are very, very different than me into the mix. Marvin Farmer, who is a master electrician, highest level you can be. The guy knows everything. I've worked with him. I, I actually apprenticed Marvin a little bit in Nicaragua when he went on a trip with us. And, and he was redoing panels and wires and all kinds of stuff. And I was his little apprentice uh, there. So that was a lot of fun. I watched him work. It was an amazing uh, job at work. And then Phil is a young man who's brand new to the trade. Phil is just brand new to the trade as an apprentice. And uh, I'm really happy that Phil's a part of our youth ministry and he's a part of our zealous leadership. Marvin, of course, is our head usher. I love their service and love for the church. And I want to ask them some questions about what it means to have a master and to be an apprentice. So, Phil, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you're looking for specifically in a master and how, what kind of an apprentice 
do you want to be? And you can't say, I want to be the opposite of Steve. <laughs> well, so go ahead, Phil. So for me, the first thing that's important is knowledge. I don't expect the journeymen that I work with to know everything, but I expect them to be able to teach me what they do know and to be able to mentor me in that manner. And another big one is patience. I want them to be be able to have the patience uh, because I, I'm learning. I'm I'm not perfect. I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm just trying my hardest. And the last one is care for me. Uh, it's well, not for me per se, but for the job and for the work, because mm -hmm. the uh, one of the things that I got told by some of my friends that are journeymen is an electrical code that's literally states that equipment shall be installed in a uh, in a neat workmanlike manner and i got told that that's the most important code and to keep that in mind so i expect them to be able to have the care for their work that makes me have the care for my work oh. um so and i've been told that i have a good work ethic so i when they show the care it makes my work ethic be better because I want to learn. I want to be better, but it does depend heavily on the uh, journeyman. If you have and, a good master. Yeah, a good master, sorry. And, uh, yeah, excellent. And so I, yeah. tell me a little bit about what kind of an apprentice do you want to be? Um, I, I want to be an apprentice that has care for my work and for the things that I'm doing and not, and I, yet again, I'm going back through the same three things, a lot of it, because uh, for me, I've, over my, my 26 years of life, I've learned that I'm always learning. I'm always going to be learning. And so I want to gain as much knowledge about as much as I can, but in this specific case, electrical work. And I want to, I want to be the journeyman, the master, that is that people want to work with because I'm just giving them all of the information and having the patience for them, which for me is incredibly hard to begin with. Uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of what I'm looking for in myself and for uh, journeyman. Very Those good. Three things. That's awesome. Thank you, Phil. Marvin, what would you say you're looking for in an apprentice as a master? You, you seem like you're really passionate about your work. So what are you looking for in someone that says, I want to be your apprentice? Well, um, there's a lot of things. I mean, we'll keep the list small right now, but um, number one, I, ex I expect that apprentice, um, when I first meet them, I want them to be on time, mm -hmm. <laughs> ready to learn um, new skills and challenges um, that I talked about before. Um, you have to be reliable and responsible and um, have a positive attitude. Because like I said before, that attitude will get you a long way in this trade. Mm. Um, you've got to be um, willing to do some of the dirty work because <laughs> you will get that. a lot of that. Willing to do the dirty work. Yeah, we've all been there, trust me, but you have to work your way up just like yeah. everybody else. Um, I guess you can't start off as a master, huh? No, and don't ever <laughs> tell your journeyman <laughs> that you want to do what he's doing because, you know, he will tear you up. And, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> pay attention to detail. 
craftsmanship mm. is number one. Um, especially if you're going to work through the IBEW, you know, you, I mean, anywhere, anywhere in life, you want to take pride in your work. You know, I expect my apprentice to um, want to learn, um, be willing to take that extra step at mm. times, you know, and um, show me that they want to learn because all of the apprentices I've ever had, I want, you know, I want to be able to sign off on them saying, you know, that's my guy. I taught him. I'm proud of him. You know, he's done wow. good work. You know, it's like, you know, a dad with his kids, you know, you yeah. take pride in that person. You want them to have excellent craftsmanship, um, you know, put that work out there. That's, you know, a number one, you, you, you want to be the best at whatever you do. So you I love that. that. And I, when, a few minutes ago when we were just talking, you had mentioned to me, listen, when I have an apprentice and, and I give them an assignment, I set them off to some work. Uh, I expect to be able to come back and it look like I did it. Yep. Absolutely. That was an amazing statement for, you know, to be a master and to say, I want that. I want your work to look like my work. Because you're like signing off on it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and if you have a question, ask, you know, I mean, mm. you, you know, and that way you're not guessing. I mean, if you, you know, <laughs> I'd hate to have you tear it back out, you know, because things <laughs> happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a lot of that when I was a journeyman <laughs> or, or a master of the present. I would constantly, have, he would come back in and he would look in the room and go, get this all out of here and redo yeah. this again. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. you know, cause I didn't care. But somebody like Phil who wants to make the master proud is going to bless you, Marvin, as a master. Am I right? Yes. And you know, and, um, don't be afraid to mess up, but always ask questions. I mean, we all mess up, Yeah. but if your journeyman or master electrician that you work with has some patience with you, they should, because we've all been there. <laughs> You know, you've got to understand, you know, that this guy is learning and he, he wants to do better. He wants to make you proud. So cut him some slack sometimes. And that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome because Phil was saying what he's looking for in the master is patience. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because the jobs are, you know, on tight deadlines and stuff. Yeah. Like that, but, you know, <laughs> we've been there. I've been yeah. there. Trust me. And so patience and willing to work with. As long as I imagine as a master, as long as your apprentice has the desire to learn, you're willing to be patient to help that person learn. Absolutely. I'll I show whatever I know and, you know, do the best I can to teach him. If I don't know, I will find out and, you know, I'll go that extra step to help him. That's fantastic. Listen, I got to tell you guys, I'm so very thankful that you are willing to join me on this and do this little sermon illustration because we are actually starting this year a brand new vision for discipleship. And I'm calling it apprenticeship so that this idea of master apprentice relationship has this mutual interest in each other to bind together and to really learn uh, to become like that master so that when someone looks at us as apprentices of the master Jesus, it looks a lot like Jesus. Just like one of these days, if Phil, you're ever Marvin's apprentice, 
one of these days you want to walk into an electrical situation and you want to do it and you want Marvin to walk in and Marvin to say, huh, did I just do this work in this room? <laughs> that would be <Right>. awesome. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being a part of this uh, little illustration. Grateful for your effort. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Apprenticeship. Just being like Jesus. Just wanting to be like Jesus. Here's the first step for apprenticeship that I gleaned out of listening to Marvin and Phil talk and my own, my own understanding. In our Heritage Soul family, our apprenticeship program looks a lot like this. First step, attend and engage worship regularly. Did you know that statistically, Barna Research, Lifeway Research, all of the top research agencies say that regular attendance now for most Christians in America is once every six weeks. That's what's understood to be regular attendance. I don't know how you can follow that way. I don't know how you can truly follow Jesus just showing up to work <laughs> once every six weeks. Attending and engaging church worship regularly. And I will say this, you might think it'd be proudful or prideful, but it's not. Your pastor is, your, is to be your primary earthly master Christian. I'm going to say that on myself. Your pastor should be your primary earthly master Christian to apprentice. Let me say, this is why. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. Paul is saying this to the Corinthians. And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Another translation says, follow me as I follow Christ. Ephesians 4.11, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work. Uh, my job is to equip you to do the work of the kingdom. Marvin's job is to equip Phil to do the work of the electrical job. In the very same way, Jesus is to equip me, I'm to equip you, you're to follow me as I follow Jesus, we are to look like that to each other. That's the first step, to regularly attend worship and submit yourself to the leadership of a master Christian who is architecting a, an environment to produce quality apprentices of Jesus who are living like the master. That's the goal. Second step, join a rooted or connection group. You cannot follow Jesus effectively showing up to a big church meeting once every six weeks or four weeks. You have got to move beyond Sunday and connect Sunday to Monday. And as you do that, you will find traction for your apprenticeship. Because when you get in a group, a rooted group or a connection group, after your pastor, your soul family shapes you the best. Proverbs 27, iron sharpens iron, so we sharpen each other. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, he makes the whole body, the church, fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Like Phil and Marvin said, the first step to apprenticeship is just showing up.
If you don't show up, you're not going to move. If you, if you don't get up and get on with it, you are not going to follow Jesus and find that life, an abundant life. So when you show up and you're eager to learn, the master is pleased and the master patiently guides you and shapes you and molds you and trains you. The work of connecting Sunday to Monday. This is the work. Show up for the work. This is the effort of partnering with God for growth. God is opposed to earning, but not effort. God is opposed to earning, but not effort. He blesses effort with His grace of growth. Will you make Jesus your master? this year and that starts with repentance repentance I don't know how you came out of 2020 I don't know how you came out of 2020 whether you came out like you've been chloroformed by COVID and you feel completely slothful and numb in your spirit, in your spirituality. I don't know if it, how, you, how you are, where you are right now, but if you have a sense today that you are not genuinely following Jesus as He is calling us to poyeo, to do, to not just hear, but do, to get up and get on with it, to actually engage, to become active and not passive. If you're feeling that sense, today is a day of repentance. I don't care if you called yourself a Christian before or not. Today is a day of repentance to step up, to recognize that you need to show up with an eagerness to learn. If you're interested in doing that, I want to pray with you right now. I want to lead you in a simple prayer. And this simple prayer is just you saying, Lord, I want to repent. I want to stop living my life passively with you. I want to get up and follow you from where I am right now. Would you pray with me? Just own these words. Make them your own. Holy Spirit, I know you're touching me right now. You're blessing me right now. I'm praying, Holy Spirit, that you would, you would recognize my repentance. I, am not, I have not followed Jesus like Pastor Steve's been talking about today. I have not got up from where I am and moved. I haven't really put much effort in. I've lived passively. I want to repent and begin living actively for you. I want to live as an active follower of you, Jesus, not merely passive, always receiving, always wanting to receive, but never wanting to get up and do the work that it takes to open myself to your discipline, to your training, to your mentorship. I repent. 2021 is going to be different, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.